You're listening to a Stranger Podcast, www.stranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, I never know what to say to start the goddamn show. Uh, it feels stupid just to give the goddamn phone number out again because I can do that at the end. Um, but I feel like I should say something like, hello, welcome to the show. I'm Dan Savage, but you know I'm Dan Savage because you downloaded this show. You're not like downloading random fucking podcasts. You didn't know who recorded. Um, so uh, I don't really know what to do. And I can't banter with the tech savvy at risk youth because they don't have a microphone, which is actually in my contract style. Well, I could elect them. I like my tech savvy at risk youth silent. Um, so I guess we should just get to the fucking calls. Hey, Dan. Uh, my name is Dylan, and I'm a 19-year-old straight male college student from New England. My problem has always been uh, getting together with women. I treat women with respect, and I'm never misogynistic. And while hooking up is always fun, I'm definitely looking for a girlfriend and not just someone to screw around with. Because I don't really like using people or feeling um, used, even if it's mutual. I'm definitely an individual, and I've been told that I have a great personality, that I'm funny, very good-looking, very sweet, fun to be with, etc., and that I could get any girl that I wanted. However, I can never, ever, ever, ever seem to get a girlfriend, and it's extremely depressing and taxing on my emotional state. I've kind of gotten to the point where uh, some days I'm very, very depressed, while some days I'm, I'm okay. And uh, But over the past couple of months, I've made some, some big strides to put on a brave face each day and hide and fight my underlying depression so it doesn't turn people off, because I think that may have been a problem before. I remember earlier in your podcast, you were talking to a guy who couldn't pick up women either, because he's one of those guys who could have any girl he wanted. I'm wondering whether maybe girls think that if I wanted to date them, I'd pursue them because they think that I could get any girl I wanted. So should I be much more proactive and take uh, more chances, even if it hurts me more? Um, and I've also been told that I should let women do most of the work because if they wanted something from me, they'd come running. Especially since I found that in the past, if I put too much effort into getting girls, it kind of scares them off. And I really don't know what to do. We'll see if you appreciate what I do after I do it to you. Um, you come across on the phone, at least, like a total fag. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with... Being a total fag. I'm not saying you are a fag. Um, just come across a little faggy. Uh, and uh, like one of those uh, thoughtful East Coast, New England, non-misogynistic, respectful college boys who really allows his ethics to get in the way of his erotics. Um, you sound like you're overthinking fucking everything at every step, every juncture. Um, nothing is more exhausting than dating someone with whom you must process uh, and overthink every gesture, you know, what it means, whether it's misogynistic, whether it's respectful, waka, 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 someone who's always on the rack about how they're treating you and what it means for you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, when you date, when you're young, you just want to be with someone that you can have fun with who excites you. And sometimes, you know, you say you're against mutual, you're against using someone even the use is mutual. A lot of people want to be with someone they like, that they have a good time with, who also part of that person's uh, that person's animal side just fucking wants to chew them up, just fucking wants to eat them. 
That's exciting. That's arousing. You know, it's fun to be with somebody who wants to fuck the shit out of you. And there's a, there's a, you know, a selfish streak, uh, in there, uh, in that they're in their desire to fuck the shit out of you, or it's partly about them. It's just not, you know, their relationship with you is not just some fucking outreach program that they're running for your benefit. That they're in it for themselves too. So you need to calm the fuck down. Remind yourself you're only fucking 19 years old. You're still learning how to date and how to have relationships. And at 19, you probably shouldn't be in some – you shouldn't be married already. And you should have a string of failed uh, relationships and awkward encounters under your belt because everybody does at 19. You're not that unique. Your predicament isn't that unique. So don't go off into some you know, artsy-fartsy depression about uh, – your unique suffering because you're common, terribly, terribly common. And stop think- overthinking fucking everything. If a girl likes you and comes after you and you like her, go for it. Have some fun. Don't think about what you're doing. Just go for it. If there's a girl that you like, ask her out. And don't ask her out to, you know, some fucking coffee shop where you can talk for three hours about what a responsible, ethical guy you are and how you want to treat her respectfully in a non-misogynistic fashion and pick everything apart. Just fucking go to a movie, go get drunk, and fuck her if she wants you to fuck her, or make out a roll around and do whatever, and just don't call me again. I- I'm sorry. I hate to be mean. I just have a hangover. Hey, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old gay man in Texas. I'm what people would call attractive, I guess. I've been told I'm a pretty attractive guy, and um, I get hit on by my girlfriends all the time, and girls in my theater department and all sorts of things and um guys flirt with me and and you know i mean hit on me and whatnot like when i'm in regular circumstances but for some reason i don't know how to date i don't know um anything about it i mean when i first got into the gay scene i guess i was you know it was mainly online and i would talk to guys online that way but when it comes to meeting guys in the real world it's really difficult for me to approach a guy and have the confidence to talk to him and you know and ask him out and things like that and i don't know if it's like a a self-esteem issue because i don't think i have low self-esteem but i think it might be somewhere rooted in that and and uh i just i just don't know the first thing about trying to date and I was just wondering if you could help me out with that. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> now, I suppose if I'm any nicer to you than I was to the previous caller who is in a similar situation and is straight and sounds about 50% less faggy than you sound, I have to say, um, I'll be accused of having a pro-gay bias. So I'm going to be super mean to you just so that I'm not accused of discriminating against um, the uh, alleged straight boys. Okay, so you got two attractive guys here. One who's afraid, uh, you know, one who's overprocessing his um, attraction to women because he doesn't want to be a misogynistic shithole. And you, uh, who I love this line, I get hit on by girls in my theater department all the time. That should be on the tombstones of all the theater fags in America one day. <laughs> it's just uh, that happened to me. I went to a theater department. I got hit on by the girls too. But the guys were more awkward, uh, including the gay ones, including the closeted ones, because there was more at stake. You know, when you're a girl in the theater department and there's a cute faggy boy who may, you know, just once in a while take a walk on the mild side and sleep with you, uh, the stakes are low. And so flirting and hitting and being, you know, throwing it out there is easier because the rejection is presumed and it's already kind of happened. So it's kind of just, you know, playful tussling and, and there's not a lot at stake. 
you know, the guys that you meet that you might be attracted to who might also be attracted to you, there's much more at stake. The rejection is much scarier. So he, you know, there's a guy who's attracted to you and you're attracted to him. He may be pulling back because he doesn't want, you know, to risk rejection and being hurt by you. And if you're doing the same thing at the same time, you're both receding away from each other and nothing can possibly happen. So you say you don't know how to date and I'm sure you do know how to date. This is how you date. You go out, you get something to eat, you go see a movie, you hang out, you talk. Dating, going on a date is really easy. Um, what's hard is having the confidence, as you say, to talk to someone, to ask them out on a date. And what you're afraid of isn't the date. You're afraid of the rejection uh, that you're inviting when you ask somebody to go out on a date with you. You're making yourself vulnerable. You're saying, I'm attracted to you and I'm willing to take this risk and I'm going to ask you out and I'm putting it out there. And if they say no, it hurts. And all you have to do to get over that is to do it a few hundred thousand times. Ask people out. When you meet a guy that you're attracted to, ask him out. Don't you know, dance around flirting. Be direct. Say, do you want to go out sometime, go get some dinner, hang out, go to a movie, go on a date? And then they can say yes or they can say no. And if they say yes, Yahtzee. And if they say no, move on and ask the next dude you're attracted to. Hey, Dan, this is Josh. I just want to know that scat, which I've tried, but only think about now, why I know you can catch things, but is it likely that you'll live a short life if you do scat? I'm sure if we put it up to a vote... You would live a short life if you did scat. Um, there's all sorts of medical risks. I, I don't even know where to go with this call. There are no studies. It's not like the CDC is funding studies on behalf of the scat community to find out just how many years off your life um, downing other people's shit is going to knock. Uh, if it gives you a tremendous thrill, you have a right to take whatever risk uh, – is built into your thrill. You know, people jump out of airplanes, people go skiing, uh, people have sex with complete strangers, people eat raw milk, people do all sorts of things that have an inherent risk, uh, inherent life-shortening potential because they they deem in their own, you know, by their own light that the pleasures of the activity are worth assuming the risks of a shorter lifespan. I can't make that decision for you, particularly... Uh, when it comes to eating shit, I, I feel unqualified because I don't see the pleasure there. But if you do, you should go for it. And I don't think you should worry over much about dying at 60 as opposed to 70 or dying at 72 as opposed to 82. If it gives you that much pleasure, perhaps it's worth it. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old straight female. I have a conundrum. I've been seeing a guy. We'd been friends for about a year, and he had a serious girlfriend at the time. Then six months ago, they broke up, and we started seeing each other casually. We got a lot of closer in the past three or four months. I really want to be with him, but there's one thing that we just don't agree on. He hates children, <laughs> and I know I will one day want them. He's 10 years older than me, but... I know what I'm going to want, but nothing soon. Um, he's told me that he's most likely never going to change his opinion. So I'm not sure what to do. I, I want to be with him, but in the back of my mind, I know there's like, it's just, it can't work out if he's not going to change his mind or, you know, like 
So, um, should I keep dating him and just kind of have fun? Or should I, you know, try and find somebody else? I don't know. Break up with him instantly. Break up with him now. End it. Listen to what he's telling you. He is telling you that over the long term, you two are incompatible. Either he is saying absolutely positively never. I hate children. I do not ever want children. And what you're saying is maybe if I chip away at him long enough, he'll change his mind. You seem to think that he's the only man on earth that you could fall in love with and have children with because you probably somewhere in the back of your mind have bought off on the the fallacy of the one, that there's one person out there for everybody and you found him. He's the one. There's this thing that you disagree about. But since he's the one, maybe you should hang out, wait, work on him. And if you, you know, since he's the one, eventually you guys will be in sync on the children issue. You won't. Listen to him. Listen to what he's telling you. He doesn't want children. You want children. You can't hang out for five or 10 years or 20 years while you pass through, you know, that window of opportunity that is your fertility and you get increasingly desperate the longer the relationship goes on and then go run off and find someone else. The time to run off and find someone else is now. It blows my mind when people are given really explicit information by someone that they say that they're falling in love with that reveals a fundamental flaw in the relationship, something that will explode the relationship, that that writes now the relationship's demise in the future, and then hang out and then wonder what the fuck they should do. What the fuck you should do is break up with this guy and go find a guy who could also be the one who wants the same things over the long term that you want. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a question for you. I am a straight man, 35 years old. Uh, about a long time ago, I had an issue with my first wife, who was actually a virgin when I met her, where she just was not that into, um, just not that into intimacy, sex at all, and to the point that I ended up suggesting um, that maybe we mess around with other couples because she seemed to have a thing for like older guys and it was a pretty radical suggestion obviously but um, ended up pushing it and it ended up um, you know ended up sort of kind of working in a in a, in a way um, except that what got what got kind of weird fairly quickly is that I stopped really being that excited by having sex with new women. I mean, obviously that was interesting. It's always fun to be with a new partner, but I really got more turned on with the thought of her being with other guys to the point that I would re, you know, relive it in my mind. I'd want her to talk about it when we were having sex and she really found the whole thing disgusting and long story short, um, we ended up not we ended up not being married anymore, and I mean there was many reasons that was just one of them. But um, so flash forward a few years later, I'm with someone now who's really great. She's she's younger than me. She's very cute. She's very sexy. I'm only her second lover. Um, the sex has been really great for the first few months, but what I find creeping into my head that I really find uncomfortable, and I wish I could just get it out of my head is the thought of maybe like sharing her with other people 
and I quite know that she would be completely horrified just from when I just even jokingly mentioned at one time. And, and, and for that matter, it's not something I really want to want to do, even if she was willing. But, you know, I found, you know, I guess it's initial rush of excitement with these new partners for a few months and we have sex like rabbits. And then, you know, and this, then this thing kind of ends up rearing its ugly head in, in my brain. And, you know, from listening to some of your other stuff, I don't know if it's just something I can completely exercise, but I was hoping that maybe you could help me out, um, give me some advice. I have good news and bad news. Um, you know, the bad news is you can't really rip this out of your brain. You can't really tear this fantasy out of your brain and, you know, rewrite your code. It's in there. Um, you have this this kink, this fetish. Um, you can, and I don't know if this is the good news uh, necessarily, but I'll present it to you as the good news. You can, like a lot of people, make up your mind and and resign yourself to never acting on this fantasy again if it complicates your love life so extraordinarily. There are a lot of people out there who have yeah, it really does. Well, okay, and there are a lot of people out there who have fantasies that are unrealizable um, for reasons that exist on a spectrum. Unrealizable because you know they're so hung up or have such great hang-ups they won't let them act, they won't let themselves act on their or they're too t- terrified to share their really picky fantasies with their partners and they're just cowards. All the way to their fantasies are impossible to realize. You know they want to be a centaur or. You know, they want to have, uh, or, or they're too immoral to realize, you know, they want to fuck kids. And there are people out there who are burdened with that who never act on it. And all props to them for controlling themselves all their lives. It must be a real struggle. Uh, and that sucks, you know. And you can be, you can be one of those people who exist on that spectrum of, I'm not going to act on this because it's, you know, so offensive to this person that you love, or you find it destructive ultimately over the long term for the relationship to go there, but that doesn't mean you can't beat off about it. It doesn't mean you Wait, can't... Wait, I, I missed that last part. It doesn't mean you can't beat off about it. Oh, It right. doesn't mean... <laughs> okay. You're not doing yourself any more harm uh, by indulging in fantasy in uh, masturbatory fantasy where you think about it. You know, tons of people have sex with the person that they love um, and it's loving, tender sex and there's a real connection that's still intimate and yet if the person that they were having sex with was watching a videotape of what was going on between the ears of the person fucking them, they would be appalled. Yeah. You know, you can have two people who are in love having sex, there's a connection there, it's true intimacy and yet they both have different things going on in their heads that are arousing them in the moment you know we sex usually is a shifting back and forth between uh, you know physical sensations and mental imagery and thought right well I was wondering if I could tell you one one more thing no uh, actually, you may not tell me one more thing no, of course go ahead well I, I guess I, I was thinking about after I you know I, was kind of, I, I went out to the parking lot to call you the other day after I was listening to one of your podcasts and Believe it or not, I did look back at the synopsis of all the podcasts before I called just to make sure this wasn't already covered. But, um, um, you know, I realized exactly where this thing was born, which is that, as I mentioned before, you know, we, my, my ex and I, like 10 years ago, we basically had gotten where we had no sex life when we were still really young. We were only like 25, 24 years old. And 
you know, I don't even remember how the idea popped into my head anymore, but I knew that she was attracted to older guys because she already would commented. So I had the thought of maybe trying the whole, you know, swinging or lifestyle thing. And unbeknownst to me, this couple that we hooked up with were like, basically like the king and queen of, of that scene in the town that, that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And we went back to their house and of course, at first, you know, I was just all excited about getting some strange for like the first time in, in years, right? Mm-hmm. But then what happened was this guy was hung like a porn star and performed like a porn star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, long after I think his wife had actually like fallen asleep, he was still like turning my ex into like knots. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and it, just kind of like, I don't know, like imprinted on my brain that like, even though I have been told by many people that I'm, you know, an excellent lover and and everything that like somehow... Something not think, the athlete that this guy was. Right. So it's like comparing myself to him in terms of both sides and not that I'm, I guess I would say I'm average, but you know, compared in terms of sides, but compared to this guy who was, like I said, hung and they, they could perform like a porn star. It's just like when I compare myself to him, somehow in my mind, I always feel like lacking. Which is, for a lot of people with a cuckold fetish, it is sort of an eroticization of feelings of inadequacy. And it's a way of making, you know, uh, sexy lemonade out of the lemons of insecurity and feelings of inadequacy um, for a lot of guys. Uh, you don't necessarily have to tap into that. And, you, you know, you, you're, ra- you're, you know, there are guys out there who are hotter than I am, right? And I can think, oh, my boyfriend would rather be with them, and I'm totally inadequate, right? Or I can say, there must be shit about me that my boyfriend digs so much that he's with me and not with all these other guys, so I'm not going to obsess about that. I have something to recommend me. You know, there's always somebody who's going to be better at whatever, um, or hotter, or hunger, or, you know, more of a stallion. I'm sure there are guys who have bigger dicks and can go at it longer and harder than that guy who you watched bang your wife. Right? Right. And that's all you got to do. And then you got to resolve not to stress about it too much. You know, it may come up for you every once in a while and you need to, like, push it out of your head. And it comes up for me every once in a while that my boyfriend's really hot and there are hotter guys who would love to be his boyfriend and I have to go, you know, but he's with me and I'm not going to worry about it. And you can do the same. You have that power, you know. Your brain can tell your brain to chill the fuck out. Okay. And the only other, and then the one other thing that I wanted to mention to you, and I didn't want to unload all this in your voicemail originally, because it was, um, is, um, I'm one of those people that I think, um, that gay people find really, um, amusing, which is I'm a, basically a straight guy, but like to, um, play with guys every now and again. <laughs> Do we find you amusing? What is it that we find you? We find you frequently, I think, oh. is what we find you. Well, it, it, it's it's very weird though because I, it, day in and day out I am totally attracted to women and it, I'm just one of those I, I, you know I'm like one of these it's hard for me to say it out loud but I'm one of these boys who likes to go down like and it's not it's you're like, one of those straight guys who likes to suck cock every once in a while yeah okay what's wrong with that you're bisexual uh, you know there's different kinds of bisexualities different uh, degrees of bisexual. And well, I guess what I'm wondering is, is, is can a guy 
really be that way because I've had people say before, like, well, for guys, like, bisex- bisexuality is just like no, a, a way station on the way to being gay. A guy can really be that way. There's a lot of guys out there. I mean, those female hookers ads, I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah. Where it's a dick on a lady. Gay yeah. guys aren't renting those people. Right. That's not, their female hookers are not popular among gay men. I know tons of gay guys. I don't know a single gay guy who's ever had a thing for shemales, slept with a shemale, dated a shemale, rented a shemale, thought of a shemale in a sexual way. Straight guys are into dick. Why do you think Ron Jeremy's a star? I guess. Because straight guys like to look at his dick, too. You know, he gives uh, straight guys hope because they think if he could get that, I could get that. You know, people live vicariously through their porn stars, too. But straight guys like his dick. And there are straight guys who like dick so much they want to put it in their mouths every once in a while. And you can be straight and, and, and own up that. And don't let anyone tell you you're not straight if you like to give a blowjob every once in a while. Do you beat off about women? Yes. Do you eat pussy? Yes. Do you like to fuck your wife? Yes. If, you, if I was going to put you on a desert island for the rest of your life and I could put you there with a guy with a huge cock that you could suck for 50 years or your wife? Well, I'm not married now, but... Well, you know, or 50 hot yeah. women that you could fuck for the rest yeah. of your life? Which would it no, be? No, 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 definitely the women. Okay. It's well, just like this occasional urge that pops up and then I just think like, okay, like is it just like eventually it's going to... No, it's like not eventually going to overwhelm you. It's not a cancer. It doesn't grow. One of the problems for guys like you is that there are guys who are gay who came out very slowly or thought if they could just get their gay sex needs met a little bit around the edges, they wouldn't have to come out entirely. So those guys may have identified as, you know, 90% straight and I just like to suck dick every once in a while. And eventually those guys came out because for them it was a lie. But for you it's the truth. My father my father was gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... I, he passed away now, so I, I don't know if I should. I never know if I should God, think you're just he was the most gay or gay. Interesting onion to unpeel. I assume. I know. I was sitting there thinking after I hung up on the other day. I was like, I would really make his day if I was like a Republican senator or something. But, yeah, you would. But no. But no, I'm just a blue guy in a red state. So are you? Uh, can I? Ask <laughs> um, you a but my father was. Yes. Go ahead. I want to ask you a question about the big horse on guy who you watched fuck your wife. Uh, yeah. Did you ever suck his dick? No, no, no. We never did any. When we had a few experiences like that, and those, there was never, actually, there was one time we were with this other couple, it was usually, it was, you know, like a foursome, mm-hmm. when we did it, there was one time when this guy, without asking me first, which I thought was a little tacky, actually, they, actually, it was really weird, we went back to their house, and this guy was telling all these gay jokes, which I thought was really stupid and immature, mm-hmm. and I had a gay father, so I didn't really appreciate them, because they were like juvenile. Uh-huh. You know, like the stuff fourteen-year-old boys say, and then while his wife was sitting on my face, and I was like laying on my back, he just pounced on me and went down on me. But that is the only experience like that. Okay, that, well, here let's, that I had with like a partner. Other I want to give that, you some. I want to. I want to give you some general advice, uh, and then we're gonna have to wrap it up because the tech savvy at risk for giving me the the Google eyes. I'm here. sorry. No, it's okay. No, I'm keeping you on because it's really fascinating, and you're fascinating. You're not married now. You're dating someone. You love her. You like her, right? Yes. Yes. You have to be honest with her about who you are sexually. I don't think you're going to be happy over the long term with someone that you can't be at ease with and yourself with, which means, you know, your complicated fantasies, whether you act on them or not, 
you need to be able to share them with her. Not share them with her in the, guess what, you're drafted, we're doing this, but share them with her and you know, this is what goes on in my head, these are the things that turn me on. This is my, these are my sexual experiences. This is my sexual history. You know what I mean? So that, so that you're relaxed. A complete history? Well, I think you should give her your complete history. I think you should be with someone who you can be fully honest with about who you are sexually. Because I don't think you're going to be happy with somebody you're going to have to hide from. There are women out there who obviously dig guys who suck dick every once in a while. If that woman's, uh, if that woman sat on your face and watched her husband suck your dick. Right. And didn't leap off your face and run screaming from the room and leave a shocked wife-shaped hole in the wall. Right. Right? <laughs> Yeah, and you never know what somebody you're dating is capable of sexually, or where they're willing to go sexually, unless you're willing to be open with them sexually. You know, who knows what's going on inside her head? She may be more complicated. Yeah, she just doesn't have. I'm only her second partner, right? And she's very GGG, as as you say, and and I. I really like think about actually getting like remarried and having kids and all that, and I just don't know about you know. I don't know if she, I, I think her, I just picture her head like exploding. Well, why don't you check before you get married and have kids? Okay. Because it's going to come out sooner or later, eventually one day you're going to, you know, have the big reveal. And better to have it now. And who knows, if you, and you say she's GGG, who knows what she's capable of sexually? Who knows what she's bottled up or, or thinks about? Or, you know, what seeds you could plant and where she'd be willing to go? I, you know, I, I live in terror that a lot of people, you know, sit there and go, here, I have these dark secret sexual fantasies and I can't share them with my partner because, you know, he or she is too conservative and what would they think and they couldn't handle it. And at the exact same moment, the, the partner is sitting on the other side of the room having the same thoughts. Yeah. It's just one of those things that I actually know from experience that in most of the ways it's probably better left to fantasy. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it makes things enormously complicated to try to incorporate others into the whole thing I mean there are different ways to incorporate others you can incorporate others like I said you can never act on this fantasy again and play it in a spool in your head there are a lot of guys in the cuckolding whose wives are uncomfortable with the idea of actually having sex with other guys because of the you know emotional physical risks but who will indulge them with dirty talk while they're having sex and uh, through fantasy play so it's not like if you reveal and are open about who you are sexually that that then obligates you to do the things, all of them, that turn you on every weekend for the rest of your lives. You know, a lot of people, once they do the mutual exchange of fantasies, uh, a lot of people can live with the deal becoming, you know, that's really complicated. Uh, I'm not sure I could go there. But, you know, if the right people appear in our lives and opportunity presents itself in a safe way, maybe we could go for it then. It allows the fantasist to live in hope without despair and also to feel like the person that they're with and they're sharing their life with and sharing their sex life with, erotic life with, really knows who they are. Which is a relief. Okay? okay. Good luck. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's complicated. Just... You're a complicated dude, sexually. There are lots of guys like you, and they're all over Craigslist. All right, thanks, Dan. Sure thing. Hi, Dan. I am a bisexual, 21-year-old female. 
Uh, I have just entered into a relationship that conceptually I am all about, but logically I am not. I have been single for about two years and sort of did the dating around thing. Um, this guy, however, uh, was in a relationship for a very long time. He recently got out of, and he kind of just wants to have fun. So we've sort of settled on an open situation uh, where he says that I can sleep with girls, and he can sleep with girls as long as I am there or approve of it, either way. But I'm finding that I am becoming incredibly jealous of it, and I don't like it because I want him to, you know, do his thing and be independent and whatever, but I also would like my own relationship, and I'm sort of tired of randomly sleeping around. It gets kind of old after a while. Uh, so, yeah, if you have any suggestions for me about how to, you know, deal with an open relationship for the first time or how to not be jealous, that would be great. Here's how to deal with your jealousy in an open relationship. Don't be in an open relationship if you're a naturally jealous person. It doesn't sound like you're cut out for it. Uh, so twisting yourself into knots or you know, attempting to dance a dance that you're not qualified to dance, it's only going to make you frustrated and destroy this relationship. You agreed to something going in that you've discovered uh, through experience and in practice doesn't work for you. You're a little more possessive perhaps than someone uh, capable of being an open relationship uh, can be. And so you need to just go back to him and renegotiate the terms of this deal that you've got with him. You obviously uh, don't want to have an open relationship. You want a more closed uh, relationship. If he's not willing uh, to have uh, an exclusive relationship with you, you should move the fuck on because the open thing is making you miserable. Hi, Dan. My name is Renee, and I just finished reading a column that you wrote of, I think, May the 28th was the date, an answer to a man who said he was engaged, he was in love with his fiance, but for some reason he, quote-unquote, found himself uh, masturbating rather than having sex with her. Uh, I am a woman who is in the same situation with my live-in boyfriend, um, I love him very much. He says that he loves me very much. Um, in many ways, it's the best relationship I've ever had. Um, but he clearly uh, would rather watch porn and masturbate. Uh, we have a very um, infrequent sexual encounters. And when we do, they're very good. Uh, I think our problem partly stems from the fact that he has trouble reaching orgasm uh, when he's with someone. Uh, he says that he's had this trouble his whole life, and because he's had this trouble for so long, uh, he has a lot of difficulty talking about sex. Uh, when I try to bring up the subject, he gets very nervous uh, and says, can we not talk about it? Uh, and I know that if it doesn't get discussed, it will be the end of the relationship. And so what I'm asking is, how do I get someone who has difficulty talking about intimacy uh, to correct a major intimacy problem? Uh, one quick follow-up question. How long have you been with your boyfriend? Um, just a year. Just a when year. I called you, it had been about a week longer than a year. And you guys have been living together for how long? 
about three months. Uh, The first half of the relationship was long distance, Uh, not extremely long distance. It was about a four-hour drive. Uh, So we saw each other every other weekend usually, and I would stay with him. And uh, on those weekends, you would probably have sex, and you didn't notice that if you moved in. Didn't have any idea anything was wrong, except for from the very beginning of the relationship, um, he let me know that he's always had a trouble, what he considers a problem, that I don't consider a problem, uh, that it takes him a really long time to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And he sees that as a a serious blockade uh, for him in in all of his sexual relationships, and he Did said he it's always early, been that way. Did he have an early sexual relationship where someone just raked him over the coals about that or something? I, he won't tell me. Okay. Um, my suspicion is maybe that happened, mm-hmm. um, but he's never he's never explicitly said so. I know he has an ex-girlfriend who he just won't talk about. Uh-huh. Um and most of his, or he's only had two even remotely long-term relationships, and they were less than a year uh, in duration. And he, when I try and talk to him about it, he always says, well, you know, I've spent a lot of my time alone. I've been alone a lot, and I just am not used to, he said I got used to porn and not to people. Uh, and that's that's sort of what he always tells me. And right. uh, well, certain he, things, oh, go ahead. Well, he needs to... He needs to realize that, you know, tossing out the reasons for the dysfunction uh, that that displeases you and rightfully displeases you uh, doesn't get him off the hook about having to fix it or make some sort of uh, new deal <laughs> uh, with you right. and with himself. That this is a problem for him because it is a problem for you, which makes it a problem for you both, right, as a couple. You have to put your foot down and say, I don't care that it makes you uncomfortable to talk about these things. It is unacceptable to me, the status quo. And so you are opting again to to be alone. You are sabotaging this relationship by refusing to work on this problem or acknowledge that it's a problem, saying, you know, I was alone a lot, I beat off a lot, I have trouble coming, and then throwing your hands up and isn't good enough. Right. And he, he needs to hear that from you to realize what the, the, the stakes are, the consequences are, to realize what the incentive is. The incentive is, you know, if he works on this and you guys can not, you know, you guys can reach a compromise position. You can reach some better place. Not like you get everything you want, he loses everything he wants. You know what I mean? It's not like that. Uh, it's some place that where you can have uh, a degree of sexual expression that leaves you both feeling content and pleased. Um, I would advise him, if he were talking to me, to go cold turkey on the porn. That actually is a development that has happened since I made the call. Have you watched him masturbate? Yes. When you guys have sex and he has difficulty coming, is it okay with you if he masturbates to finish? Um, sometimes he does, or sometimes I do it for him. Okay, I, didn't, I, didn't say, to... I didn't say whether it happened. I said, is it okay with you? Oh, yeah. No, it's happens. totally fine. It's so, totally fine. So you regard masturbating together as sex? Definitely. Okay, good. That, th- th- those are really good places to start. You know, some people may, uh, a lot of people have this hang-up, I call it look, mom, no hand sex, that if you're having sex with somebody else, you're not allowed to touch yourself. And I get letters all the time from people who are freaked out and, you know, women asking me if their boyfriends are gay because they have to 
sometimes stroke themselves or finish themselves off when they're having sex, which is crazy. Uh, you know, masturbating with somebody is still having sex with them. Um, and so he should be less fearful of initiating sex with you because you have a really broad definition of sex and one that respects his sexual arousal uh, patterns and, and, you know, in his traditional uh, way of getting off, which is with his own hand. And if you can incorporate that way of getting off and his own hand into the sex life you share together, into the play you have together, he should be able to walk this walk with you. And if he's not willing to, then, then something else is going on. Right. And I, I also, I would put in here that I, it may be, even if there's not a, a previous relationship where he's gotten raked over the coals, uh, we both were raised in the Deep South, uh, in a very, very conservative, conservative town. Um, his family is very strict about gender roles, uh, and he is sensitive and not a hunting, fishing. <laughs> He's not. He doesn't fit in kind of the standard. Do you guys mold. live in the deep south anymore? We live in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, for years, lived in California. But he's been his whole life uh, in sort of the same little community. Roughly what um, age are you guys? Twenty-seven, both of us. Okay. Well, he needs to, you know, decide if he's going to let the way he was raised uh, ruin his whole life. You know. Or if he's going to make up his mind to give himself permission to be who he is and to enjoy what he enjoys. And that includes you, and that includes the person that he is and, and the way he has sex and the way he likes to have sex. And, and stop letting... You know, we all had shitty childhoods. At a certain point, you just have to, like, let it fucking go. And right. stop allowing it to make you miserable. That makes sense. You know, the shitty way that he was treated at 13 only has power over him now if he decides to allow it to have power over him now. What he was that, told that at 13 about sex roles only can only influence him as an adult if he decides that there's something valid about what he was told when he was 13. Having said that, the relationship can't be, he can't be a fixer-upper. It can't be this project. You know, you're not his therapist. He has obligations to you. You're not just there to, you know, help him heal and fix him. He has obligations to you, and, and working toward fulfilling his obligations to you uh, will help him along this path of healing, hopefully. But you have a right to, to demand and expect, you know, what you require sexually to be fulfilled, and he should be anxious to give that to you, particularly seeing as you are so good and healthy and for him and, and helping him so much and helping him grow out of this crap. Um, this also answers, I, my main concern had been that I, I have never been somebody to be concerned about porn. It doesn't bother me. I look at it. Um, but I started to really kind of freak out when I realized uh, that there's yeah. all this porn I have, all the time. I have no problem with porn. If my boyfriend looked at porn and didn't want to have sex and said the porn is my sexual expression of first choice, I would throw it all out. Okay. You know, when it's a crutch and a replacement for uh, an intimate connection in a relationship, it's a problem. When it's not, it's not. You know, we have booze in the house. We're not alcoholics. If we were alcoholics, we wouldn't have booze in the house. Right? That's a good analogy. I had not thought of you it that way. You can have porn in the house if you don't have a problem with porn. If you got a problem with porn, you probably yeah. shouldn't have porn in the house. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Um, and helps me be a little less hard on myself about 
about having been concerned about that. So uh, that helps a lot. Okay, well, good luck with it. Give us a call back sometime. Let us know how it's going. I will. Thanks so much. Sure thing. Bye. Okay, we're going to leave it there for the week. Uh, 206-201-2720 is the phone number here at the Savage Lovecast. If you'd like to call or record a question for a future show, please leave us your phone number in case we need to call you back. Promise not to put it on the air. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. And uh, me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of Savage Lovecast. Thank you very much for listening.